Ahoy there, legendary listener. Welcome to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. My name is Lauren Quellhurst, and this podcast journeys into the world of people from all walks of life. And through the power of communication, I aim to shine light on topics that will ultimately add value. It's designed to inspire, ignite, and uplift the speaker and listener through exposing the beauty that exists within the raw and the real. It's a wherever, whenever kind of podcast where you can find an episode to match your mood, the weather, or the company. If you or someone you know has a story that will add value, please get in touch and we'll aim to get them onto the podcast. So get ready for the value to come. Get set with your favorite tea or coffee for the run. And let's go. Let's dive deep, shine some light, and have some fun. And so the halo effect begins. I am so excited to introduce the legendary Tim Raybolt, and I'll briefly explain to you just how I came across this legend. It was actually, I was brainstorming some ideas of um, a name of a campaign that I wanted to run and create, which was 25 to Fly. And I was looking up things like 25 to Thrive and just looking at names that I didn't want to cross over somebody else's path. And then in Google, 25 to Thrive came up and classic me clicks into it, looks into it. And I'm like, oh, this is actually like, an organization that I could donate charity to because it's a basically has a background in recovery and addiction which is something that sits really close to my heart and some of my listeners may know but some of them may not um my brother is like has a background in all of that area and that has been something that has triggered mental ill health in myself and it is something that kind of runs generationally, not just in my family, but in a lot of people's lives. And when we're, you know, struck with circumstances like the pandemic that's currently present, I think it's not that uncommon to the everyday person to hear recovery and addiction and go, oh, I like, I know somebody who's been through that or I'm going through that. So essentially I sent off an email to this association and I just said look I love the message that you're putting out I would love to get in contact with whoever is running this place whoever is organizing everything and uh straight away Tim got back he was right on board had the best energy and just said yes I'm all in I want to share and I just love his energy already for that and I'm I'm excited to see where this chat goes in general, but I'm going to handball it over to you, Tim, just to give a bit of a brief background as to who you are, what you do, and then I guess the why behind what you do. Love that. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. And thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was great to, to connect and be able to chat about everything you kind of just talked about. So uh, currently I'm here in San Jose, California. Uh, I was actually born out here, but grew up on the East Coast of the United States in Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware. And so for me, like my story and kind of the work I do and all of that, how it kind of connects and ties together 
is that in high school, when I was a, a senior about 10 years ago, uh, addiction really took hold in, in my life. And, you know, even before that, it, it kind of goes back to probably when I was in, in eighth grade. So maybe like four years before that. And on paper, everything kind of looked great, you know, like good family, good school, good education, good friends, played sports, all that. And, you know, a series of events between getting kicked out of school and my parents getting separated led to a lot of stuff, like a lot of internal feelings and, and trauma. And so I ended up getting into recovery from addiction in high school. And when I went down to college, I realized there weren't supports, support services for students. And, you know, finally came across that this wasn't just a problem unique to me. It was, you, you know, on college campuses across the country. And so the work we do, the Association of Recovery and Higher Education, we work with colleges that have programs for students in recovery from addiction, you know, very much like my own journey. We have about 150 colleges that we work with, a couple in the UK, a couple in Canada, maybe some in Australia soon. So it's been, uh, it's been great. But yeah, the why, you know, that, that's such a strong strong question like a, a, you know to try and kind of unpack all the why but I, you know I guess when I sit and think about it it's it's you know so other students don't have to struggle you know it's so like other students get the support that they need to be able to go through college and be in recovery and thrive you know just like we were talking about when you came across the campaign. That's awesome Tim and if you could just speak to the term of addiction because when I hear that I immediately get drawn to the thought of drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Um, whereas I think addiction can really spread into a variety of different areas. And I could even see it in social media and food addictions and certain things like that. So I'd love to hear both what your actual addiction was um, and mm -hmm. then also how you define that for your people that you educate and just identifying that within them. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Yeah, so for the work we do, the specifics are, are generally more around substance use, so drug and alcohol addiction. And for me, that's definitely what pushed me to the point where I needed recovery. I needed treatment, you know, and help in that sense. But the students we work with, and including myself, like very much my own journey, addiction is is a broader term, like you're talking about. Like it's it's a disease that you know I'm living with, like a condition, like a a, a medical condition in that sense. And so it kind of, we talk about how it manifests itself, like how it presents itself in different areas of, of life, whether it's through uh, games or through, you know, spending money, or it might be um, an eating disorder or self-harm or, you know, all sorts of different process addictions that can kind of uh, result from this larger addiction overall. So for me, it was specifically in college or in high school, rather drugs and alcohol. So it was, you know, smoking weed, it was drinking any kind of alcohol I could get my hands on. It was prescription pills. And, you know, I was fortunate that I got into recovery at 18 because I was just using whatever was put in front of me. So if, if I didn't find recovery at that point, I got into college, I probably would have turned to a lot more um, serious substances that, you know, may have taken my, my life from me, like it's taken so many others. So for me, it was mostly the drugs and alcohol, but I could totally see how it you know, resulted in like video game addiction and um, like addiction to like working, like workaholic type type effects and, and different things like that. So yeah, and even today, like being in recovery for over 10 years, there's still things that, you know, I can catch myself kind of going down a path and having to like recalibrate 
hundred percent. And I, I think there's definitely like, I think the word addiction and there's certain word connotations that we have a negative association with, but in terms of like having an obsession or like really just applying discipline to an area, we can, we can be addicted to our health and really apply our knowledge and, and all of that yeah. in, in that yeah. way as well. So it's not always like a bad thing. I think particularly with having an obsessive or an addictive personality, which I'd probably include myself in there, but switched over to something more like yoga and, and wanting to serve people in, in, um, in healthier ways is like a healthy addiction to that topic. But I've also been at the extreme of that of doing too much and so it's always you know finding yourself where am I sitting on this pendulum and yeah I'm, I'm sure that's within your program of just kind of identifying where people are at and going look mental it's like mental health doesn't ever get solved I think you just get more tools in your tool belt to be yeah. able to go ah oh, that's a trigger I'm not going to hang out there I'm not going to associate with that person because it's going to make me do this behavior um yeah yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that like when you talk about addiction or obsession or, you know, different terms that are similar or synonymous, with that comes this assumption that there's a negative consequence because of it, right? There's there's something that we're neglecting to to hold this addiction or obsession or compulsion up above other things in our life that are also important versus what you're kind of talking about. I think more of like drive or like tenacity or grit you yeah. know like pushing awesome. pushing forward and, and and thriving yeah yeah what was your actual like catalyst moment because I think of I've explained mm. this in other podcasts where I just go life is a series of science experiments where we're one person here and then we need another substance and it kind of interacts and causes in explosion that we either go in one direction or another. And so I'm curious to see where you hit either your rock bottom or if it was like something somebody said or whether it was something that happened to a friend when you're like, holy shit, like I need to stop doing this and look for something else. Yeah, I guess I, I had like like three of them, if that's mm -hmm. okay. Like I'll give them quick, yeah. it was like a series of catalysts. Like the first one was in February of 2011 where it was, um, we were watching American football. It's like the Super Bowl, And it was, you know, the big party. And I was with all my friends and everyone was, you know, drinking and, and smoking and there was food. And I was in this room of all, you know, the people I was close with. And I felt like the only one in that entire room. I remember just like sitting there with everyone there and felt like the only one in the room. And then uh, wanting to cry on the way home that night. And I couldn't, I just, I was like too numb to even to cry. And I woke up the next morning crying and just knew that I had to do something different. So like that was the first one. And then about two months after that, I went to prom kind of like, I don't know if folks are familiar with the same thing over there, but you know, like the big signature kind of like dance, you know, for the school. And I went to prom for the school I got kicked out of uh, four years prior to that. And uh, at that point, I was I, I was already in treatment, trying to stay sober, and I used again that night, thinking it was going to make everything perfect, and it ended up being just a nightmare of an evening. And you know that that was the last time I used was that night. So that was kind of the catalyst that, like, you know, I I 
thought that I could use substances to make like the perfect night. And it was the opposite effect. And then the third catalyst was actually in college with maybe eight months sober. Um, it felt like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And I actually contemplated, you know, taking my own life as a first year student. I remember on that Friday night, like sitting in bed, planning it out, just thinking that it's all done. And there was this one voice like in my head that was essentially saying, like, go through this right now. So someone else hopefully doesn't have to later. And that was probably the, like the biggest catalyst of them all was like, whatever that whatever happened, that was like, go like figure it out now and like you're able to help someone else. Wow, I just have gooseies all over. That's um, yeah, yeah. It must. I I still think like those kind of stories that hit you in the feels. They don't get any easier to tell. Like I'm sure that mm. still triggers some sort of like you've yeah. been through so much growth. And for me, when I when I hear that, you I'm sure you've got family. Whether it's you know your mum and your dad, but I'm not sure if you've got brothers and sisters as well um mm -hmm. uh yeah i'd just love to hear your journey and your relationship with them and whether that was or has been impaired and whether you've kind of recovered that and and where you're yeah. at with it because i just yeah i just have so much um compassion for the family side of it as well yeah you know because we throw that recovery term around and it's you know you just think okay you recover from the disease of addiction or something but yeah there's there's so many other like components to the recovery process like you just talked about like recovering relationships with yeah. with folks that have you know it might have um tailed off a bit or you know what i've started to realize more recently too is it wasn't as much now of recovering from the disease as it is like recovering like your true spirit like who you're supposed to be and like finding who your authentic self really is and that's been that's been the biggest part of the journey in some ways, but the, the piece about family, you know, it's, it's all about like mom and dad for me um, because I was very close with them both growing up and it, and it, it just, it pieced off, you know, they got separated, but my relationship with them pieced off and the disease like fed right into that. And they were instrumental in me getting help and, and staying sober while I was in high school, obviously still living with them and, you know, having them take me to meetings or, or to treatment or detox or things like that. But then even now, like be able to go home and like see them and all these years later, uh, it's like every year I get closer with them, which is great. And then I think that's been one of the best, the best parts is that it's recovery is allowed for that to, to happen in, in like a really authentic and like impactful way that I don't know if I ever would have, like if I never even used and never found recovery. I don't even know if it would be like this, you know. So that that's been powerful. And your biggest lows lead you to your your greatest highs, I think, as well right. in terms of like the growth element. And yeah, I know that I get super proud of my brother, and um, in ways that he he shapes up. And at times, you know, where when it's not perfect, or times there's relapse or whatever, and um, mm -hmm. there's been times that I haven't handled that maturely or I haven't really known what to say. It's really interesting talking to someone who has kind of gotten through that but can still relate to that story that 
existed at that time. But I think the, yeah. the most amazing thing is, is to allow yourself to not believe in that story that you've been telling yourself. It was just a part that isn't your true essence. And like, when I look at you and I see you there and just like, you're just like the biggest cuddly bear ever. And <laughs> we're all really just looking for love and yeah. belonging. And so those ways that we look for it through addiction or through whatever mm -hmm. it is, we think we're getting it until we we realize that there's just something so like empty inside. And so when, when, until you feel that feeling of like, I want more, I want connection, there's kind of no hunger to go looking for, you know, the work that you do today. And I, I would love for you to speak to the actual recovery um, association that you work for and like what the process of that's like, is it, all inclusive of like detox from the beginning or where you're taking these people in from? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the best way to kind of look at it is um, you know, like there's this continuum of care. Is that what kind of like refer to it where, you know, on the, the front end is like prevention, like trying to ensure that individuals are not, um, you know, over misusing drugs and alcohol over, uh, preventing overdose deaths, preventing like recurrence of use. There's like prevention piece. Then kind of in the middle is that treatment and detox part that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So when someone needs a certain level of care, you know, they're actually going to a facility or getting professional help. Then we're kind of on the end of the extreme where we call it recovery support services. Yeah. So that's essentially, you know, they've gone through, it's almost like aftercare. Yeah. So one analogy that's sometimes helpful for people is like, treatment and detox is kind of like if you had to get surgery on your shoulder it's like the surgery but we're kind of like the physical therapy mm. and everyone needs might need different physical therapy and how that would kind of look like so it's it's really you know students that are you know early in recovery for the most part sometimes they've had you know some time under their belt and they're involved in these programs at the universities and they're getting you know academic support they're getting recovery support by like going to meetings and hanging out with other students in recovery, um, doing events together, um, going out into the community, uh, maybe living together. They have space, they have support from the university staff. So it's kind of like, you know, there's this overall college experience and then they're living this, this college experience for students in recovery within this larger college experience, if that makes sense. So they're getting this like wrap around support to make sure that they can stay in college, do well, and sustain their recovery. I feel like you must get so much job satisfaction out of what you do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very, yeah, absolutely. It's such a beautiful way to, to share your light. And I think, you know, if we could all find our own story, and, and this is really the puzzle piece, like you were asking, how did this podcast come about? And I think so many people that I tend to draw in are the ones who don't want to talk or the ones who don't think mm. they're interesting. And I'm like, I'm going to find something interesting about you because it's not my life. And I guarantee you, I'll find something in there that's like, that will make you smile or make you bring back a memory that, you know, you kind of forget how much you do, right? Like from primary school to high school to the little things you might have done with your parents um, if you had a good relationship there or a relatively good home. It's like, I've actually done 
a fair bit and um and I don't know what what happens in us when we forget to start playing and and connecting to that playful side of ourselves that's like oh the true essence when we're born we're just pure and innocent and we are joy and we have mm -hmm. a unique purpose here whether we like it or not I just do I, it's just too hard to fathom that we're here by coincidence so um yeah. yeah so the fact that you can have that ability to turn your your greatest low into your greatest high is like it's such a beautiful beautiful thing to do and um yeah, I know we spoke about you coming over. I can't remember exactly when it was, if it was October or November to Australia. Yeah, November. I can't remember the exact dates, but yeah, we'll be out there in in, in Sydney for, uh, you know, four nights or so. Because you know what is really cool? I, I got the dates for when um, they want me to work back in Tassie just for some uh, massage therapy for a private retreat. And I thought it was going to be October, October, November crossover, but it's like the 9th of November to the 23rd. So if it's any time like before then, please let me know and we'll catch up. I'll fly over to Sydney before I go to Tassie and catch up with you for a coffee because that'd be epic. Yeah, it's November 10th to the 14th. But oh. then, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's, it's Auckland before that, November 6th to the 10th in New Zealand. Well, I've always wanted to and go then, to New Zealand. Who knows what'll, what'll be in the woodworks by then so I'm yeah, yeah I'll, I'll keep my yeah I'll keep my fingers crossed for that that'd be special awesome so is the plan with that with you coming to Australia to talk with um expanding it here or is that just to connect with other uh team members or is it completely separate <laughs> completely separate yeah this trip is it's, it'll be a I'm gonna be married in six months so it'll be honeymoon Dude, yeah yeah um, that are you getting married in new zealand or in no no that um actually in wisconsin here in the states and then that'll just be a couple weeks afterwards we'll go on that we're gonna go new zealand australia and fiji dude and you're yeah. most welcome anytime you're traveling like if you come to australia and you hit up western australia just mm -hmm. Honestly, send me an email or a message and my um, sister and her partner also are just legends and we'd love to just hang out and chat because you just got such a beautiful soul. Yeah. Oh, th thank you. And back at you, you do an excellent job with this. So how far are you from uh, like, like uh, Perth? Is that how you say it? Yeah. So look up Secret Harbour. We're like five minutes from the beach. I'm such an ocean baby that um, it wasn't a hard decision to move here when they said your room's set up. And it's like 10 minutes from the beach. And I love the name of the suburb as well. It's like, that's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that wins the award for like coolest name. Like you live in secret Harbor. Yeah. Totally. I think I've lived yeah. in like the coolest places in Tassie. I lived in table Cape. Then I bought a house in penguin. Nice. And I was like, <laughs> every time I'd call up somebody about like the water bill, they're like, Oh, what's your address? And I'd give the suburb, they're like, penguin, that's so cute. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Heard this like 20 times. It's it's not cute anymore, but yes, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. So how far is that from where you are now? Like how far is the flight? To Tassie, it's um about four and a half hours. Okay. So that's a good, yeah. that's a pretty good. It's like across the country almost in the U in the United States. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Australia is so bizarre. Like you could be driving for like 20 hours and be like, oh, I'm still in the same state. Awesome. There's still yeah. more kangaroos. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you been before? No, no, my partner has, but, but I have not. So I'm, I'm just counting down the days till we're there. Yes. Oh, back on topic. Cause I just feel like, yeah, you're just such a dude that we could totally hang out. Um, oh, but for, sure. as yeah. for like all of the stuff that you do in terms of like recovery and addiction, I know that it's a common thread that people who have been through that still attend like AAs or their meetings or recovery sessions. And I would yeah. love to know what your daily schedule looks like for you that helps you stay in balance and helps you keep in check, especially when you're dealing with people who may remind you of yourself or trigger something where it's like, oh my God, I need to be grounded before I give you advice. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good question. And yeah, and everyone's answer to that looks looks so different i don't know if there's a daily schedule as much as there is a weekly one of like what i want to try and get in in a week so like on mondays for example i i joined um like an afternoon meditation meeting which i find really helpful we just go through different meditations and then kind of have like open sharing so i always find that great and then like on tuesdays i'm always talking to this one woman who's been very influential for me as like a mentor she's actually officiating our wedding but she works in the same space like collegiate recovery and so I talk to her on Tuesdays and you know always catch up about just like life stuff right like it's not it's not just surface level or small talk but it's like how we're being better human beings you know so like that always helps quite a bit then um towards the end of the week uh I have a I do have a spot like a 12-step sponsor Narcotics Anonymous instead of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. So, uh, you know, I I meet with him and and we talk and connect and go over step work, um, which is always helpful and just kind of talk about like recovery specifically, like what kind of principles we're practicing and, you know, what we're trying to work on. Like, you know, right now, recently, we're just going through the 10th step, which is around like taking personal inventory, like regularly checking you know, do I need to apologize? Like, was I wrong? And I need to admit it. Did I hurt someone that I need to, you know, apologize to things like that. And then um, Fridays, every Friday, I join this like all recovery uh, meeting where it's kind of just discussion based of, you know, a certain topic, like the topic on this past Friday was decisions, you know, and I like that meeting. And we, we always close out the meeting with like a positive personal statement, like something you're grateful for, looking forward to, a positive affirmation. Um, and then in all the in between time, I try and just work on like being better, you know, like not just professionally, but, you know, I, I'm part of a couple book groups or working groups um, to work on being like a better, better man or, or, you know, different equity and justice work to, you know, understand kind of, you know, the privilege I have as a um, um, white cisgender heterosexual male you know like there's a lot of benefits i've had throughout life so there's all these different kind of components that add together like throughout the week or throughout a month that kind of make up like my my personal recovery program if that makes sense definitely i really like that weekly approach because i think you know especially to begin with a daily practice can sound really daunting to a lot of people who 
a common thread is like, I don't have time to fit that in. And, you know, it's like if you can fit it into little portions of your day and it doesn't mean that you have to sit there or write that, it's like you can literally be out with your partner or seeing your family and just be like, oh, I'm grateful for this and just get in the habit of like, what am I looking forward to? Okay, I'm looking forward to sleep or I'm looking forward to cooking my breakfast Hmm. and having time to myself or um, patting a random dog when I'm walking to the bus. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have a big trauma story to be special. You don't have to have a big moment to be a great person. I just think it's those little things that we do, like you said, to be a better man, to be a better son, partner, like person and um and that's going to ultimately be the role model that you set for not just the people in your recovery program but the person at the grocery store who's like you know he's a kind person and and they won't know you from a bar of soap they won't ever probably get to know your story but that's okay because it's how you're trying to make your karma moving forward and um yeah yeah it's really really cool how do you find like i guess when the people are coming in do a lot of them stick with it or do you get like a lot of repeats Mm. coming through or people who break out of it because it's too much yeah that's a tough question so Mm. We don't work with the students directly like our association, but we represent schools and all the staff that work at those schools are working with the students directly. And I would say the majority, the students that are coming in being part of the programs, they're, they're mostly sticking around. But I think it all depends on this, like what, what they're getting, like what kind of support that they're getting. You know, if it's a program where, you know, the university takes it really seriously and you know, they can, a second of students coming in, they're, they're talking to them, figuring out, you know, what kind of care they need, you know, if they need a different housing accommodation, um, you know, getting them all the information on different meetings on campus, all the students are really welcoming and like want to hang out with them and kind of make them feel like they're a part of the group. You know, when all that happens, that student's going to stick around. But, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when we first started our program, when I was a student in a uh, Washington DC at, at the George Washington University, tons of students came in and left. And I don't blame them at all. It was, you know, the limitations of our group and, you know, the point that they were at which they were kind of coming in. So it's, it's tough, but the students that are involved stick around more so than like an average person those coming in and out of meetings. So there's, it's good that we have some research on on that and like their success in that sense. So it's a, it's a kind of a tough answer to, to give, but for the most part, the, the folks are sticking around. I'd love to know your viewpoint on college and cause I don't know, I feel like hmm. recently my, I appreciate school and I appreciate having gone to university. Um, and I wouldn't say if I was to do it again, I'd do it differently because I ultimately end up me right now. But in in looking at the structure of a lot of universities, schools and colleges these days, I don't say I would necessarily agree with the way that teaching is structured. And I wondered how much of the the college part of it for 
your clients and your students is like a practical kind of course or if it's academic or mm. yeah yeah and i will say you know to preface it that the the there's an, this emphasis on university and and the college experience in the states that is more so present here than other countries for sure and it's probably an overemphasis there's too much of this connection that young people are forced into thinking that you know if i'm not in like a four-year university then i'm not going to be successful in my life and then and then a particular kind of school too like they they think they have to be in this kind of school and if they're not going to go to that school and they go to this one then everything is it's over and that's not the case at all so i think you know as far as like the take on the college experience and everything it's just so personal right depends on you know what kind of point you're at if it's really just about the education if it's really just about the education i think so many more people should be going to community colleges or or different schools than like maybe a two-year school and or a trade school or uh you know different things like that and then um i will say though there, there's a lot of benefit of the kind of like the four-year experience to learn how to live independently and connect with like a community and you know like i'm really grateful for my experience but you know it's not for everyone um and it's not as this as critical or important as kind of the the media or our society is has kind of made it seem so it's kind of like two sides to the coin if that makes sense it does and it makes me want to bring up something that i read in my journal the other night or notes that i'd taken somewhere that you know if people that you resonate with or who listen or watch this it's to do with success and fulfillment and I wrote it down as success is getting what you want but fulfillment is giving what you've already got and I think that was such a beautiful way of looking at it because so often we're looking to things like I want to be like that person or I don't have enough skill to do this but it's like you've lived through something and you've already got that to share it so if you can do that in a meaningful way, I think that will, it speaks true to me. I feel fulfilled in being able to share what I've already got versus what I continue to consume. Yeah, exactly. I think that's where like social media has been a challenge because you, you see this image of what you think you start to get this distorted image of what life should be, right? Everyone's sharing all these like accomplishments. Like everyone's always, you know, they're going to post like the, the great stuff. So everyone's life looks like it's amazing. And then you could be, you know, sitting here during the pandemic at home alone, you know, think, thinking that you're not successful or important or valued or have worth or something because of what you're seeing on social media. But yeah, you're totally right. Like that, that distinction between success and fulfillment is huge. And also that like success is so personal but we'd make it seem like it's it's about money and fame and connection but you know it's so much more intimate than than that and it's you can't define it in those terms and i think that's you know you always hear these stories of you know older folks on their deathbed or at the end of their life and they, they always have these regrets of putting too much time into their job or or and not enough time into like their friends and family and like that's 
seems to be more of the formula for fulfillment is like relationships and human connection and you know did you leave the world better than you found it isn't there like a harvard study around that where it went on for like eight decades it would be like eight decades now when i was watching it i think it was like six or seven at the time where the happiest people and the healthiest people were the ones who had love and community had nothing yeah. to do like i mean i'm sure they were looking after themselves in other ways but again it's coming back to this belonging and you can choose social media to connect in a really meaningful way like what we're doing now or you can really yeah. get lost in the sea of it and i've been on both ends where i'm just like oh my gosh like i know i'm seeing a snapshot of someone's life but it can instantly make you feel like you're not doing enough like you'll never be enough and it's this sense of lack that kind of puts you into again the loneliness state so would you be able to speak to like obviously you're not always like I'm assuming you're human like all of us in terms of going through ups and downs in life of like yeah life's really good today and then other days you just go I'm not feeling in the flow like how do you navigate through that when you feel triggered mm. or you feel low yeah that you have such good questions um <laughs> I guess for me, I try and, uh, you know, before I got into recovery and even early in recovery, if there's this chart where it's like really happy, like really excited and life is great. And then there's the lows where it's like depressed and um, extremely upset or angry, like that kind of, I was this all the time. It was up and down. And I try so hard now to like this, you know, it's not going to be a perfect flat line, but when I have those excited moments, I try really hard not to let it be this like pink cloud, you know, forget about everything else. Like just focus on how great this is Post it on social media, call everyone up, you know, don't go all the way up here. Cause if you're up here, you're going to fall down. And once you're falling down, it's going to be much easier to keep going, you know? So I, you know, I try and do that. And then with the, with the dips, uh, it's much harder to, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, this is flat and you're here versus down here out of the screen, it is much harder when you're out of the screen to come back up. So what I try in, in those times is to fall back on those tools you're talking about in the beginning yeah. of like, what's going to be helpful to get back to that baseline. Is it going to be going for a walk? Is it going to be a recovery meeting? Is it going to be reading? Is it going to be, um, you know, just like go into a different room. Is it going to be watching Netflix? Is it going to be writing? Is it going to be doing work or emails, uh, eating, cooking something like, you know, all those different things that are pretty like major components of life itself to bounce back out. So I think that's kind of what my answer would be is, you know, don't, don't go on these, the extremes because that's not sustainable. You'll get burnt out and exhausted. For me, at least. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of us live in an extreme kind of world where it's like, wow, or nothing yeah, at all, yeah. and, ah, and then nothing at all. And um, and do you have some sort of like warning sign within yourself that you feel that coming on? And is your mm. partner aware or is your family aware of like how to communicate with you in those times of like, we don't communicate or is it a matter of going, Hey Tim, like 
how are you going? Do we need to go for a walk? And in your head, it's like, okay, I can see you're seeing I'm low. And it's like a nicer approach to it. Cause I I've had the experience yeah. where, you know, people can say to me, Oh, you don't look very happy or what are you on your period or something? And it's like instantly that can just, it can make you go from rage to someone actually just going, Hey Lauren, like, how are you going? Do you need some time alone? And that approach is like, I want to tell you what's going on versus feeling this attack when you're already feeling low and vulnerable. Yeah. My, yeah. My, for your question, my, my, my partner hundred percent like understands it cool. knows like the right things to say, like has that like the emotional intelligence and like fitness and capacity to, to see it, which is, which is great. Yeah. It's definitely more so like on me, like internally when it's, not letting myself get too up you know like there's no one you know there are people if i was seeing them more in person i think that might be able to give a little nudge like okay you know bring it back down a little bit but that one is it's more of like my own kind of internal measures or in, not measures but like internal um like fail safes to make sure i don't go all the way up here because you know what goes up is bound to come down mm. type of thing on the contrary to that in terms of like how do you celebrate and what does bring you joy that doesn't allow you to get too elevated but still lets you, you know, sit in that moment of joy, whether it's like, oh, I feel mm. really good about that or um, that compliment felt really nice, but, you know, you're not getting carried away with it, but you're allowing yourself to receive. Mm. Yeah, that's another, it's a good question too. I don't, I don't know if I have a good answer for it. It's, it's, it's weird. It's not, it's probably not the same as most people. Like I think a lot of people, you know, the um, big celebrations, right? Like or it's, it's more, it's more um, um, visible, like what you're asking, you know, they'll do a party or, you know, for their birthday or for something big or the, like a big social media post or, you know, um, things like that. But for me, it's, it's more simple. It's like, you know, uh, comfort food, you know, like a meal that I really wanted or, um, watch sit and watch a movie that I, I wanted to watch or, yeah. um, like call my mom and talk about it, yes. you know, or it's like really like, like these small things that I'm already experiencing day to day that I'll just do it a little bit different and can like, just sit with it. Mm. and like process it but yeah like the celebrating or the um acknowledgement of some of those things like for me it's I don't know it's just so much more of like an internal celebration than it is like something visible or external if that makes sense completely and I think I just unlocked the code to any introvert or extrovert like that question I'm extroverted in this kind of work and in any work that I do and I genuinely love people but if you were to ask me how I celebrate, it's curling up on the couch with a doco and ice cream or like, you know, like not doing yeah. it all the time, but I'm, I'm a very one-on-one -on -one person. I get very exhausted if I have to kind of cater superficially to yeah. a group. I'm like, give me deep and one-on-one -on -one and I can sustain that energy like all day sun, like I can keep going. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, I love that study side of humans. Cause I, I learn more about myself as I hear your story. And I think we all see parts of ourselves 
in different people that we're either, you know, drawn to or that triggers us, which is, you know, essentially a part of us that we're disconnected to or have shut down. Um, For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. And even like, like with this, I had, you know, there's these little, these little like they're dark chocolate like coconut things and i put it on the side i was like oh yeah when this is done like that's that's how i'll celebrate being you know done on yeah so it's like things like that i'm like looking at that on the side of my it's little stuff yeah can you actually send some over they are like two of my favorite flavors plus peanut butter and we will be best that, friends that's that's literally we bought there's the same <laughs> you brand better not have two. Reese's there i swear to god i will slap you in i the do face. I no. literally have, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, big, big, big peanut butter household. Yeah, okay, that's, you are definitely my brother. I know we don't look the same, but we can hang out forever. Yeah, 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 for sure. I just want to tell your wife that you've like adopted another child and she will be eating okay. chocolate in the house. <laughs> nice, nice, I'll relay the message. Oh my gosh, we will definitely have to, um, yeah, cross paths in person. I look forward to meeting your partner because she's, She'd have to be a legend as well to come across you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Who are your teachers, Tim? Like, who would you mm. consider the people that have, have been there from the beginning, like right through? And um, I'm sure people have kind of fallen off and, and fallen away for the right reasons. And then I'm mm. sure there's been like challenging relationships that you haven't wanted to let go of that, have kind of you know you might have burnt bridges there I'm not sure but who who are the people that you look to for for solid ground to go hey mm. I'm here and I want to get there yeah there's a few that come to mind like in the in the early when I like first got into recovery it was actually my English teacher at the time I had him for two oh. years in high school and you know he taught me a lot obviously with the English course but it, it he also helped me think about the world in, in a way that I hadn't prior of uh, in terms of like critical thinking, like this fact exists and like, you know, this exists and like, how do they relate? You know, like that type of strategic thinking or critical thinking, however it makes sense. So like Dr. Dr. Chipman was his name and um, he was, you know, that, that catalyst, I talked about the first one where I felt alone in the room and then the next morning I woke up crying I went right to school, went right into his office, closed the door and broke down to him. He was the first person I told about everything. So, yeah, so he was, he taught me a lot. Um, and then after I saw him, I this therapist for years who uh, taught me an incredible amount um, about, I don't know, just navigating like life and relationships and addiction and things like that. So he was great. My, my mom and dad, of course, I think my dad almost a little bit more so just because of how much he's taught me, like, you know, different things around being a student or being a employee or being a, a son and, you know, things like that. Um, and then I talked about that mentor I talked to every week on Tuesdays. Her name is Patrice, the one who's going to officiate the wedding. And yeah, she's probably taught me more than almost anyone um, about like the work we do for sure, but then also just like how to, wake up and like be a good person and then go to bed and have a plan to do it again tomorrow. Something that I'm really intrigued by with you that I haven't really observed or maybe noticed in other people is that you have 
a really healthy balance between the masculine energy and the feminine energy and like drawing mm. upon them for for who you need at different times and um when thinking back to like your teacher Mr Chitman and it's like in hindsight you think man I didn't even know how much they must have gone through to have been that person for me like I'm not sure mm. if he ever shared any stories with you but for people to have compassion I genuinely think they've had some level of experience whether personally or whether it's you know his yeah. or his family and it's like wow yeah. if I could go back and thank them genuinely that would be so epic yeah yeah and I I I haven't talked to him in a while but now now you're saying I feel like I should send him an email again but I I did you know like a, stay in touch for like a handful of years and even you know sat and talked to them maybe like three years two years after the mm-hmm. fact just to say exactly what you were saying like I don't know what he thought on that day or during those those weeks as I was navigating like how to survive but yeah like if it wasn't for that who knows what would have happened and older people with beautiful wisdom like that I think something as to why I think most of my friends and mentors that they're all like a fair while older than me and I think it's because it's the grace that they hold in their wisdom where they cannot speak and they can they can be love and they can be kind and you can tell them like you could say your worst thing and they'd still just be there like I can see that you're a good person and you're going to get through this and they don't even say that but you just feel it from them like for some reason I feel safe and I feel like I'm going to be okay and I I I aspire to be an old person like that. Like it excites yeah. me to get old. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even so, as long as I can really remember, maybe the past like, you know, 10 years especially, but like everyone in my life, you know, closest friends, closest mentors, people I work with directly, yeah. I'm the youngest every single place. Even in my family, like that wasn't, you know, by choice, obviously, but I, I always have gravitated towards the older crowd I think because of what you're describing exactly totally and you you've got that old soul personality as well and I think yeah I hear that yeah (laughs) be like oh you know it's I love it when the oldies say that it's just like okay I can actually deal with cups of tea and not clubbing ever in my life again like I am down to disco with you and old people are fun like they like their libraries I just think because I love reading and I love learning and I think well why don't we extract as much out of them as we can or just be with them to to see what they see and gosh they've seen a lot of changes like people think COVID's this big thing I'm like man they have seen like the computer come about they have seen bloody iPhone and they're still owning it life like some of them are better than us at it like I just go wow you're amazing yeah I think like at least what I found with young people um like people like my age or a little younger is there's so much more and like social media is is pushed this to share experiences and like feelings not even feelings but like surface level experiences and emotions versus older folks I found have become over time much more attuned and this ability to share stories Mm. and that's so much easier to connect with a story 
you know, you just, you, you go right past the surface level. Is that something that you do with, um, or like plan to bring into the work that you do, like just storytelling? Mm. Because I personally love stories. I just think that they are such, like you said, they're such a deeper way of connecting. And instead of giving facts and figures, it's like, give me stories and I can link those dots um in that way and and maybe that's my type of learning other people probably yeah. learn quite factually but um yeah stories are beautiful yeah yeah we we don't have like a certain program for it but you know other like talking about it aloud like we should because it, it will lead to so much more like connection growth um you know uh, uh like morale you know like people will feel like better hearing stories, sharing stories, being confident in their own story, yeah. you know, like authentic in that sense. Yeah. So there's a, there's so many benefits to it within our space. And, you know, people do share their, their stories in, in certain ways, but there's not this kind of like collective strategy around it. It could be made really fun as well. So like one of the, thank you. Oh, I just got a coffee brought to me. That's so oh. sad. <laughs> delivery on point yeah. so beautiful um yeah just I was chatting to so my sister's partner Josh um his friend so he's in the defense force and he has he was doing some work on deployment and came across this dude called Zimo and Josh has told us about Zimo before and he said Lauren you need to get Zimo on the podcast and I said why like what's what's his deal he said well everything he does has this really cool way of introducing himself and the way that he tells stories it changes it's like he turned up one day to introduce himself and he just literally started wrapping his story like I, I think he's a white dude just wrapped it out another time he brought like a vision board and pictures and he put it together in a way that made sense to him like he drew a beach and it was like, oh, what does that mean? It's like the beach is my daughter because of blah, blah, blah. And then he had mm. a drawing of like a dress and they're like, well, what's that? And it's like the dress brand is Zimmerman and that's my last name. And then it like connected to all of this other stuff. And I think mm. it would be fun for yourself, but like, you know, your students as well to to connect with the way that they share it and like not even looking at the person next to them that goes, Oh, like that story is so cool. It's like, no, we're excited to hear your story because you have a way of, or like you have a quality that we don't have. Maybe you're the good listener. Maybe you're the good speaker. Maybe you're the good drawer. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I love all that. <laughs> so did you wait, did you get him on? Uh, he's coming on. So he's kind of come on, on his, 40th birthday on the 20th of June. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, well, that'll be fun to listen to. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop for that one. It's going to be super fun. So my birthday's close to his, but yeah, he goes on a, um, we're going to be talking about resilience, which will probably um, tie into the work that you're doing as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Which is just so cool. Could you, talk about the the 12 steps that are in the 12 step program because I've heard it a few times but I'm not overly familiar with the, the steps that you actually go through yeah yeah so uh, yeah they're pretty similar across fellowships and you know the thing with them is you know there's 
like the program's kind of laid out and really open to interpretation where like a lot of people kind of go through the steps or approach sponsorship or meeting attendance or, you know, service work in different ways. So, you know, anyone that talks about any uh, version of the steps or like how it's worked for them, that's just, you know, one instance. So I just wanted to preface it with that. Um, they're kind of like broken up into, into sections. Like the first few steps uh, are really, for me, were about like understanding that there was something out there like bigger than myself and that like I kind of needed to let go of my own ego and like will to try and figure out addiction by myself like if that makes sense so like the first step saying like we admitted that we were powerless over our disease you know like that's what that's talking about and then steps two and three are kind of about this like something greater than ourselves that are out there and for some people it's you know um it's it's the program itself for other people they have other definitions of what that power is i don't really know if i could put mine like into words specifically but that's kind of what that's about and then you know steps four five and six and seven are kind of about like okay looking at what we've done in our life and like looking at like our relationships and behaviors and identifying like the patterns and seeing where like we have assets but where we have like opportunities to grow mm. and like becoming ready to you know have that power like you know work in our lives and like be different like you know actually work towards you know refining those assets and not acting on these um you know defects of characters they're outlined in the in the steps then steps eight and nine are really about amends you know like seeing okay we looked at all these patterns now here's the people we've harmed like we need to make amends in some way you know to them directly or through how we're behaving in our lives and then you know steps 10 11 and 12 are kind of like everything we just talked about but ongoing you know, like day to day like step 10 is this regular inventory like step four is this like kind of big inventory Step 10 is like, okay, let's do that regularly. Um, step 11 around prayer and meditation is kind of like, you know, all right, you have this experience of recovery, you know, kind of practicing through prayer and meditation to have this like, you know, deeper understanding of it all. And then step 12 is really about giving back, you know, being of service, carrying the message to someone else, which through storytelling, it gets done. So, and then you kind of like go through it again and it becomes different each time but you know that's kind of the best summary I guess I have in my head just on a whim if that makes sense that's so great like um it's so cool to hear the different I guess frameworks that people use but they all essentially do filter to the same thing because um in yoga if <clears throat> we were to look at that framework I, my mind was ticking with like if you've ever heard the word the yamas and niyamas are essentially mm -hmm. like those principles where we analyze things within ourselves first and it's like kind of going what have I been doing like around you know truthfulness yeah. like all of that kind of stuff what have I been doing blah, blah 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 analyze me first me 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 and then it's like now how do I take action and how do I continue to give back and serve and 
like when you understand where you're coming from, you're, you are going to serve the people that are around you. But you can't do that unless you really do excavate the work on yourself. And yeah. you know, so many people are scared to take ownership of that. And that's why I love what you're about, what you're a part of, because doing it in a team where you kind of can get perspective on your story and go, oh, like maybe my life isn't that bad or maybe my story is mm. worth sharing. It's a, it's a very encouraging space to, you know, step into areas of work that you're in now, like from what you've gone through, you've got a job. How cool is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spot on. Yes. So you've given us that framework. You've spoke about your teachers being an introverted person, I can only assume that you're very much into like docos, movies, podcasts, books. Is there any that you would highly recommend? It can be completely on topic or off topic. I don't mind. That's mm. like a, oh, you must read this, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so right now we're going through uh, Brene Brown, um, mm -hmm. the, gifts of um, the Gifts of Imperfection. So that, that, that was, I was listening to it earlier today. I like the books where the author reads because I like hearing how the author wants the words to come out, you know, like the tone and cadence and everything. Um, so that, that's been great. Uh, the current Surgeon General of the United States, Dr. Murthy, he has this book called uh, Together. Uh, like now, um, it came out right before COVID. I forget what the, like the subtitle is, but it's, um, it's a really good I'm just trying to pull it up because we just read through that for our book group, like right before we were on this one um, together. I'm just trying to see the little. It's fine. Uh, the healing power of human connection in a sometimes lonely world. Healing power of human connection in a sometimes lonely world. Yeah. So those two have been great. Um, movies, I don't know. The one actually that I watched recently that I thought was beautiful was a Disney movie called, I think it was called Soul. Um, I don't know if you've, yeah, it's, um, let me, let me look it up to make Please. sure. I want to yeah, get yeah. that. Yeah, it was on Disney Plus. That one was, it's lit, like the concept is, is so amazing. It's literally uh, following the story of like a human soul. And there's oh the yeah, gosh. and there yeah, and there's like this this you know this dark place where the lost souls are if they became too obsessed or lost with like what they were doing in life and then they need you know to be brought out of that and then they're bright again and it's really a good movie to watch to like capture the essence of like you know being a human and going through this crazy thing called life so. I think that that's what comes to mind. Um, yeah, I think have those are- Have seen Inside Out? Does that have any- Yeah, like, ex exactly that? like that. Yeah. It, it's exactly like that. Yeah. Cool. I, I think it's that. I think it's a lot better. I think it's better. Yeah. Like Inside Out was like feelings and, but but soul, soul is like a deeper version of Inside Out. Epic. I'm going to get onto that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Use your Sunday that way. You won't I be disappointed. Yeah. I actually think that is going to be Soul Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's happening. Hashtag it. Hashtag yeah. I am now Oprah. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, you were so cool, dude. I just, yeah, I, you know, when you just get that feeling with certain people where I, I know we could sit down and have like 25 cups of coffee and like just yeah. chill and go be silly and joke around, but also hit the really like deep chords mm -hmm. of tell me everything about your life and I need to know yeah. everything. Like I, I love going from that and I love it when people have the ability to, I guess, yeah. keep up with me because my mind's pretty like, yeah but i yeah well, I, I identify yeah. yeah i get it i get it it's not that i don't remember it's just that i'm so like yeah yeah like how so does this work thoughts. with that how does that yes. yeah 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 no i'm i'm with you you are so cool oh where can people find you tim like we will wrap this up and um in terms of finding you to connect either personally or through the business mm -hmm. that you do, you are based in um, Georgia from memory. Atlanta? Are you in Atlanta, Georgia? Is that did I get that right or completely that's, wrong? That's that's where that's where the association is is uh, registered. But I'm uh, out west in California. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they can go to the website collegiaterecovery.org, or they can find me on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah, anything like that. Perfect. And how do you best like to be contacted in terms of um, connecting with people? Are you an email kind of guy or are you a, you know, I know social media can be a little bit hit and miss. Um, yeah. Email is always the best. Yeah. Cool. Just like you did, you can send the, the message right through the website and I'll get that. Yeah. That's probably always the best. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to share with our viewers or our listeners in terms of things that are coming up or anything that you would like help with? Because I, I know that I really want to get you as part of more of the things that I'm doing moving forward to even just like pop in and go, hey, can we donate some money here to 25 to Thrive? Because I think that has mm -hmm. a really cool message. If you maybe just want to speak to the campaign itself um, and yeah, we'll, we'll move forward from there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the best thing is getting involved with, you know, collegiate recovery, you know, so if there's any ways to do that in Australia and we can help out, like that would be huge. That's probably the number one thing. Um, like you said, there's ways to, to donate like that campaign. Um, so that campaign, actually, we, we did it a couple of years ago. It's still like open, but it's not like an active campaign for us. Like we just, so April 15th, we had our most recent campaign, which was for uh, Collegiate Recovery Day, like our big day each year. So the 25 to Thrive campaign, though, that was raising $25,000 to support students in recovery to help them thrive in their recovery. And that's kind of like the goal of that campaign. But yeah, any way to like volunteer time or, or donate always helps us quite a bit. The, the main thing I'll, I'll point out, though, in June, the week of June 21st, um is our national conference uh well i guess kind of like global conference because we have people from outside the united states attend and if folks from like australia or whoever are tuning in uh it's virtual this year so folks can participate that way because of covid and even if you can't pay there's a, a pretty uh generous scholarship form on the website so people can fill that out if they want to jump into even just one session you know, or the recovery meetings or stuff like that and be with all these different folks from across the country, but also a little bit across the globe. 
Wow. I'm, I'm inspired by you. And I think that to watch someone who has gone through something, has put in the work and continues to still put in the work and give back. That's definitely, mm. again, I'm, I'm assuming you're older than me. We might even be the same age. I'm not sure, but it's like, I'm looking to people as to where the qualities I want to have when I continue to grow into myself. And you're certainly mm. someone who, even in the brief time of, of meeting, I could tell when we were emailing that you were someone who I deeply respect and admire. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see how our relationship strengthens moving forward. And like just to continue to see what you do in your work because I want to be able to help as many people as I can in in their passion in terms of yeah. how can we direct the right people to you? How can we put you out there to right. not just reach California, but let's get it to Australia. Yeah. Like hit me up, brother, yeah. if this is happening because I will make it happen. Yeah, no, I love that. Now I'm curious to know, I need to know how old you are. Are you, I would have guessed mid-20s. 27. Okay, 28. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So we're right there. I'm yeah. turning 28 this year. So when did you turn 28? Uh, in August. So in like four months, I'll be 29. Or a few months, I'll be 29. Yeah, definite old souls. I love it. Um, yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's so cool, isn't it? Because I think age is so, it's such a funny thing to say like I get the mix of you look like a kid but then when you chat to somebody it's like you could mm -hmm. be 100 years old and it yeah I think it, the age means nothing to me other than I love numbers <laughs> yeah yeah oh I'm right there with you yeah yes. oh my Fine. god I feel like we'll have to just like send some little messages or emails or something that'll just keep us inspired and if you're someone who like writes or anything just shoot stuff through and I'm happy to pop up things about what you're doing on my blogs and um yeah putting value out on social media which is really my big intention of of moving away from resistance there to mm -hmm. actually how can I expand and add value because it is a platform yeah 100 percent. well I'll, I'll definitely circle back on that that's it's generous of you to offer that of course absolutely there's yeah there's people where you know you just feel that and it's like it doesn't even feel like it's a, there's no question. It's just happening. Yeah. It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I appreciate Love you, it. dude. I don't even know what time it is in California at the moment. Yeah. Um, 9.15 PM 9 Saturday night. Okay. It is time to clock off for you to get off some technology. I appreciate your time. Your Thank wisdom. You. Yeah. Your, back at you. Yeah. You're just a generous and beautiful soul. And if anybody is mm -hmm. going through um, anything in the areas that we've been speaking about in terms of recovery, addiction, going through big stuff and, you know, you don't know where to reach out to. Tim has been overly generous in his time. In He'd either mm -hmm. be able to direct you to where you need to go, whether that's, mm -hmm. you know, detox or finding a centre in your town to get you there. And, um, and if he doesn't know, I'm sure he has a team around him that can help assist you to get there um mm. so yeah please do not feel like you're just the only one with your story we all have our stories we're all human and we all have a need to share it and be loved and connected so let's do it perfect thanks lauren 
You're so welcome, dude. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. I really enjoyed recording it and I truly hope that you feel lighter, more inspired and that it really has added value to you or maybe somebody that you shared it with. Keep tuning in and please subscribe, like and share this episode or the episode that you love the most on your social media page and tag me in it and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. And if you're not on the social media train, that's cool. Just reach out to me via text or email and I'll get back to you there. The more feedback that you continue to give, the more value I can continue to give back to you. And with that, I'm signing out with oceans of love and light. Loth.